Welcome to Agent of Change, a micro-podcast that brings motivational soundbites and insights from sales leaders. Today on Agent of Change, we welcome Nigel Green. Nigel posted in 2017 on his blog an excellent article entitled, Everyone Communicates, Few Listen, What Expert Salespeople Do Differently. In his article, and today with us, he discusses what attentive and empathetic listening is and isn't. My dad used to tell me, son, you've got two ears and one mouth. And at the time, I didn't understand what that meant. But what he was really doing was preparing me for my lifelong career of sales and building and leading sales teams. And, and I think the essence of that lesson was that because I have two ears and one mouth, I should probably listen twice as much as I speak. We all think that we're good listeners, especially as salespeople. We like to brag about how well we can communicate. But what's true about good communicators is that they have to be good listeners. You can't be a good communicator without being a good listener. And I'll argue, and as I've seen through my experience with sales professionals, you can't be a good sales rep without being a good listener. But what is good listening? Let's start with what it's not. Good listening is not being quiet and letting your customer talk. Now, yeah, I get it. Creating space for the customer to talk is essential. Is being quiet really listening? You see, what typically happens when our customer is speaking is that we aren't listening. Rather, we're thinking about what we want to say next. We're thinking about how we're going to handle that objection or how they just teed us up perfectly to tell them about the next feature or the next benefit of our product. But that's not listening. That's thinking. That's planning. When we're talking about listening, what I'm really talking about is active listening. Once you learn the distinction of active listening, you have an invaluable gift to not only give to those with whom you come in contact in your daily life, like your wife, your husband, your family, but also your customers who will feel more appreciated and you will close more sales. So when we're actively listening to customers, completely, attentively, then we are listening not only to their words, but we're also interpreting the feelings being conveyed through those words. We're listening to the whole conversation, not just a part. Good listening helps the customer stay on track, helps them to continue considering and exploring what may be an uncomfortable reality of their business. As we have conversations with customers, we inevitably reach a point in the conversation where we want to contribute or we have something to say. Sometimes we feel the need to affirm their feelings. Other times we want to challenge their opinions. In other situations, we feel like we must respond to what the customer has offered, handle that objection, tell them they're on the right path, but that's not listening. We may think we're listening, but what we're really doing is using one of these responses that I'm going to unpack for you that is a great sign that you're actually not listening. Now, Good listening requires more than just keeping quiet to hear what the customer has to say. Let's look at eight common mistakes we're going to make in the sales role that demonstrate we're not listening. The first one is telling. That occurs when we give an order, direct the customer's next response, or issue a command. 
The second would be scaring. And scaring happens when you warn, caution, or threaten a customer. Typically see this uh, when you're trying to win business from a competitor. Third is consulting. Giving advice, making suggestions, or providing solutions before the customer has asked for our opinion is a big no-no. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't consult. There's a whole school of thought on consultative selling. But consulting before given permission is a sign we're not listening. Number four, tricking. We trick when we persuade with logic, provide figures out of context, or just make up success stories. Unfortunately, this happens. We state facts and figures that haven't been scientifically validated. Five, combating. Disagreeing, judging, or criticizing the customer's decision is being combative. Never argue with the decision maker. And here's why. You may see yourself as an expert, and you might very well be, but it's really dangerous not to treat your customers as experts because it is entirely impossible for you to be the expert on their problems. It is most likely that there's no one that understands their situation, their business problems to the extent at which they do. Number six, stroking. When we agree, approve, or praise a customer, we stroke their ego. We do this because we want them to like us so that they will buy from us. We shouldn't do this, especially when we say we agree and we actually don't. Only agree when you really agree with your customers. Number seven, counseling. Reassuring, consoling, and sympathizing doesn't help the customer buy. In fact, it just exacerbates the problem. Number eight, distracting. Humoring, changing the subject, leading statements, asking them what they're doing this weekend. Some of that is confused as rapport building, but it's just distracting. So when we offer these types of responses, we derail our customer's ability to reach a resolution. We get in the way of our ability to listen. Our responses have a way of distracting the customer from their train of thought. They also tend to set the stage for an unbalanced dynamic. All of these responses are self-centered, not client-centered. They all offer our unsolicited feedback. What we're really saying is, trust me, I'm the expert, instead of exploring the situation. Now the customer must respond to what they've just offered. In each of these examples above, the client has not really been helped. But instead, the client's being forced to a resolution that best supports our, the sales rep's, interest. The client has done nothing more than dodge curveballs that we've thrown at them. I don't mean to imply that it's always wrong to use these eight types of responses in a conversation with a customer. In fact, there are only so many ways you can respond. What I'm saying is out of context, they can be dangerous and they can derail your ability to close deals. There's a time and place for them. A better way to keep the customer on track is to reply to the customer with what you think their words mean. Restate it. Tell them what you thought you heard. Take a guess about what the customer is trying to communicate. Humans use words to communicate meaning. Often our word choice is imperfect, and people don't always say what they mean, including our customers. When we are actively listening, we form a response to the customer that states what we just heard in our own words, and that ensures we correctly understood what they had to offer. These statements are called reflective statements. Reflective statements demonstrate active listening. The benefit is simple. 
a well-formed reflective statement is less likely to evoke defensiveness and more likely to encourage continued exploration. You've been listening to Nigel Green on how to be a better communicator and better salesperson. I will put the link to Nigel's post as well as a way to get in touch with him in the show note. This is Agent of Change with your host, Francis Pilon. Talk to you next time.